0: Starting a series. It is going to last us all fall, and I am V excited about it. And uh, thankfully, God gave me a life moment that is going to introduce this series really well yesterday. And I look pretty bad in this story, but whatever. God uses the bad for our good, and He's going to do it to introduce this series right here. So, yesterday, sitting at home, college football started last week, but second week. I'm a Tennessee Vols fan. We are 0 2, we are terrible. And so I'm very apathetic toward them, but I still like football and I'm excited. And so um, I'm watching football. Leah had to work for, my wife Leah had to work for a little bit and she got back from work and was like, hey, I want to work out. Do you want to work out? I was like, yes, but yes, you know, and I'll do it. Let's do it. And so uh, we decided to work out outside and, um, you know, I'm, I'm really wanting to stay watching college football. So I decided I want to bring the laptop onto the front porch. <laughs> While doing push-ups and stuff, and uh, uh, please don't have a mental image. Ignore the mental images of me doing push-ups. Just listen to what I'm saying. And so I'm I'm doing push-ups while watching the game, and I bring the or I, I bring the computer out, and Leah gives me this look, like it's her laptop. She's like, "Be careful," and I'm like, no, "I'm gonna be careful." Because a little backstory. I had recently brought a mirror out to the front porch, listen, I'm being real vulnerable here, to do air squats and watch my form and the wind blew it over and it broke. A whole mirror, like a big old mirror, glass, Everywhere, Like, don't come to my house barefoot ever. Not that you would, but if you did, James, wherever you're at, um, there he is, yeah. So you need to wear your little sandals because there's glass everywhere. And, uh, and then uh, on a separate occasion, I had my phone on the porch swing, and it fell off, and it cracked. And it was already a brand new phone because I broke my other phone. Any iPhone users ever been there, like, got a new phone two months later, need a new phone? Happened to me. And so Leah knew both of those things. So naturally, when I bring her laptop out on the porch to do push-ups, she's like, be careful. And I'm like, oh! I know, I already broke two things, I know to be careful, don't say that to me, and I got mad at her, not that mad, well, internally, I was probably that mad, I was very upset, Um, but for people that have, like, real anger issues, I wasn't, like, over the top, but I was just, like, I literally said, guys, please give me grace, I literally said to her, do you think that helped to say that to me, to be careful, because I was so mad and defensive, it was so rude, to be clear, it was so, I was, I have a lot of names for what I was in that moment. And then like two minutes later, it was so rude that two minutes later I was like, I'm such an idiot, like what in the world? Like- I'm just like thinking back to our like wedding vows and all the beautiful things I said to her. And I'm gonna give my life to her, protect her, forgive her, show her grace, give her peace, trust her, her wisdom, blah, 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 blah. And then all it takes is for her to say, hey, be careful with the computer because you already broke two other things in the past month. And I'm like, no, watch yourself when you talk to me. You know, I'm already like so mad. If you're at a moment like that where you thought you were somewhere and then you did something because a little something happened and all of a sudden the gap between who you thought you were and who you actually are completely exposed. <laughs> yesterday, thank you, Lord. You make all things work together for our good. Um, and so I was a big jerk yesterday, and I just like realized, like, oh, man, the husband I wish I was got a ways to go, right? And so uh, maybe a more serious story. I had another moment like this when uh, I came to Belmont. So my high school years, I don't know what your high school was like, but for me, I was always shifting gears between trying to follow the Lord and trying to do drugs. And you never knew, depending on which summer it was, I was doing one or the other, literally. And uh, so it's not funny, but I just it really was that dramatic of a shift. Like each summer I was doing one or the other, and sometimes both in the same summer. And so you could find me either smoking weed or getting shwaisty or preaching sermons. Like you never really knew. And when it was time for me to come to college... I tried to really like get myself locked into the Lord. I come to Belmont University, go Bruins eight years ago, and I'm majoring in Christian leadership and I'm just like firm, like I I wanna be in ministry, I wanna be a pastor. Um, But you guys know how college is. It's exciting, but it's scary. You're surrounded by people, but it's kind of lonely at first. You're hanging out with a group that you know for a fact isn't your long-term group of friends, but they're going to get you by for the next month. And you're like, yeah, let's hang. I'd love to. Just waiting to find the real people I'm going to hang with, right? And so in the middle of all that, it's kind of stressful. I had three credit hours going into college. uh, And so uh, they considered me a transfer student, and they put me in a sophomore dorm. And so here I am surrounded by people that already had a year of getting used to college and I'm brand new. And within like a week, my roommate says, hey, do you wanna smoke a bowl of weed? And he didn't say of weed, I'm just making sure we all understand what smoking a bowl means. So um, he said, would you like to smoke a bowl? And it took me one second to go, yes, that sounds great. And here I am coming to school wanting to do ministry, wanting to live for the Lord. And it took me one second of kind of a hard season where I wasn't sure how I felt about this new school, a new city that I was in, to totally relapse might be dramatic, but further down the road, it ended up being a pretty much full-on relapse into weed, to drugs, to alcohol, all for a year. If you know my story, I ended up getting arrested. It's a long story. Anyway, there's these moments where whether it's a really big transition, a really hard thing, or maybe it's something as small as your wife in wisdom saying, please be careful, where you're exposed, who you thought you were, who you wish you were, the life you see in Scripture, the things that are promised to you from the Lord, like if you follow me, this is what you'll see, here's the fruits of the Spirit, all those things. And where you actually are, that gap, just big time exposed, And I wonder if you've had a moment like this. I mean, this happens in the non-spiritual realm too, right? Like the moment where the professor hands out the test and the gap between how ready you thought you were for the test and how ready you actually were is immediately exposed. It's infinitely wide. (laughs) You're like, oh, I thought, I told my friends, I think I'll probably get a B or an A and I'm not gonna pass this test. Like that, that moment, you know, or when you think you're good at a sport and then you play with someone who's actually good at a sport and then you realize how not good you are at a sport. This happens everywhere, but we're at church, and I think the spiritual realities are really, really important, so I wanna ask you to reflect for a moment, literally reflect. When's a moment where you went, man, I'm just not where I thought I was? And it didn't really take much to expose that reality. That the gap between who I thought I was and who I actually am, like it got exposed, and it, the winds weren't even that strong. Like, Nothing big really even happened. And when those moments come, if you're like me, they can kind of shake you a little bit. Like week one of the semester and I'm smoking weed again, like who am I, <laughs> what, what happened? Like Christian leaders, like what am I doing? Uh, like I don't think I'm gonna lead a church <laughs> with this trajectory, like what happened? And in some ways they can shake you and leave you like, man, I don't know what to grab onto right now, the shallowness of my heart has been exposed. But I believe that when those moments happen, when those moments happen, that God in his grace uses those to go, hey, draw near to me, come back. Don't just know about me, walk with me. Let me take you deeper and deeper into my presence. And the shallowness of your heart that that was exposed just now, that's not permanent. I'm gonna take you deeper. I'm gonna root your heart. That when winds come, that when storms come and your heart's exposed, one day it'll expose kindness and patience and strength and forgiveness and integrity. Just keep walking with me. There's this this passage in Colossians chapter 2 where Paul really taps into this. This is verse 6. Actually, turn to Colossians chapter 2. I forgot. (laughs) There's this passage that I'm going to read to you that I want you to read with me. Thanks, Cody. I hear you. Cody's in the back. He has this really sweet chuckle. He gives me more laughs than anyone, and it's just that I always appreciate it very much. No one laughs, and I just hear like a, (laughs) I'm like, oh, love you, thank you. Um, Anyway, sorry, Cody, talking about you a lot, more than I thought. Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7, Paul's going to give us a glimpse into kind of what I was speaking to, that God wants to take us deeper it says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. So you get two parts there, right? As you receive Jesus, also walk in him. That's the invitation I'm speaking to, where God goes, hey, you've, you have me, but walk with me. Walk in this reality. And then verse seven is where we're going to get a word, and it's already kind of spoiler alert on your journal, where it says, rooted and built up in him. And established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. He uses this word rooted, that in the midst of a life that is gonna throw us a lot of curveballs, a lot of storms will come, winds of different strengths will blow our way, and in a culture that's moving often pretty fast and keeps us on our toes that we have been invited to be a child of God who is rooted, established, standing firm in the midst of chaos whenever it comes. And this is not, I don't want this series, this like rooted series to be like some pipe dream or sweet metaphor that makes you feel better in the midst of a hard life. I don't think this is an unreachable pipe dream that we're gonna talk about for the next few months. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about different things that help root us in the presence of God. And this idea of being an established human being in the midst of a lot of life going on, I think is 100% available in the Lord, that we can be rooted, that we can stand firm. Yeah, I thought I was going to say more, but I stopped. The picture that came to my mind this week was, I was thinking about Just picture this this thing, this actual event that happened. Jesus is in a boat, and it's not like a canoe, but it's not the Titanic, somewhere in between there. More on the canoe side, though. It's a smaller boat, and he's with his disciples. I bet that mental image helps so much. Okay, not a canoe, but not the Titanic. Okay, I got it. Um, There it is. You're picturing a cruise ship. Nope, smaller. Um, But uh, Jesus is in this boat, and they're in the middle of a sea. Him and his disciples, There's like, let's say there's 13 people on this boat, and I don't know what life preserve, preserver technology was like. I'm assuming it wasn't good. Water's starting to uh, gather at the bottom of the boat and the disciples are looking around panicked, like, oh my goodness, we might capsize here. That's a legitimate fear. The winds are strong enough, our boat might topple. And like, what will we do? And so they turn to the one guy who's always seemed to have an answer. They, they like go, Jesus, they turn around And just picture this, thunder, wind, rain, scary, waves, water, what's going to happen? We're not sure at this point. And they look to Jesus, and what's he doing? He's sleeping, just deep in the rim cycle, just having dreams about whatever, like just chilling out. And then, of course, they wake him up, and he calms the storm. But talk about a rooted life. Talk about someone who was rooted so deeply in the presence of God that when an actual storm came and he was on a boat in the middle of the sea, he was having just a sweet little nap, like I'm gonna have this afternoon, but I won't be in a boat in the middle of the sea in the middle of a storm. I'll be in a bed, right? But Jesus was in a boat in the middle of a storm. Jesus in that moment was exemplifying a reality that I do do, I do do, nope. I do believe, is available to us. I really believe that the peace that was over the life of Jesus in that moment is actually, actually available to us, that the rooted life in the presence of God gives us a peace that really does surpass understanding. And so we're gonna be in this series, Rooted. And we're saying it's living deeply in a hurried world. Living deeply in a hurried world. No one is having to tell you to hurry up, right? In fact, if I had to guess, a lot of us, we go our default setting is hurried. Whether we're busy or not, right? We may be busy, we may not be, but our minds, the pace of life, doesn't it sometimes just feel like it's hurried? How are you? I'm tired. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't actually know, but I just kind of feel out of breath. That just seems to be my default. No one is telling us to think about. <clears throat> I don't know why it keeps doing that. No one is telling us to think about more. No one's having to to encourage us to fill our thoughts. No one's having to help us feel ADD. (laughs) Like, it's just reality. We were in our pre-worship meeting this morning, and I began to share where, where my heart was at for our church, for the teaching today. And as we were talking, someone opened the door, this door, and we're in this little room. And so the music in the main area is coming through And then someone was opening this door down here, the little dungeon door, and it's really loud. It's like, it's really annoying. And I'm sitting here being vulnerable, but I feel myself competing for their attention because there's music and noise and a conversation happening in the hallway that's like two feet away. And I stopped in the middle of that and said, you know what, this is what I feel for our church. That as we're trying to have an important conversation, there's just a lot of things that are competing for our attention. Like in the middle of me talking right now, hopefully saying things of value, you're competing with thoughts, with distraction. As you go through life, you find yourself going, man, there's some things I've wanted to grow in and I don't even think about it until I'm in bed at night at the end of the weekend and realize I never got to it. It's like we're just competing for attention. And in the midst of all of this, we're all rooting our lives somewhere. We are all drawing strength from some place whether we know it or not, whether it's conscious or subconscious, we're getting our strength from somewhere. We're finding our hope in something. And this series, is kind of based around that wherever you're getting your strength from, wherever you're rooting your life in, will have a drastic impact on how you experience life. Whatever you find hope in, it'll have a drastic impact on how you experience life. If I've learned anything about root root systems, which I watched 30 minutes of YouTube on root systems this week, I've learned that if you ever see something wrong with a leaf or something above the surface, the first place to start is the root, is to go beneath the surface. That above the surface is often just communicating what's going on beneath the surface. And I think that horticulturist never knew that he was helping my sermon, but he really did. And I think that that's so often, I don't know why, just just keep moving through it. That's, That's the enemy, that noise, just ignore it as I will from now on ignore it. But I think it's so often true in our own life. When we look at our life and we see the things on the surface that we're not comfortable with, that we wish we could fix, and we so often get honed in on what we can see, I believe that this series is gonna point to us. I mean, God is saying, no, let me work on what you can't see. Let me build what's in here. Let me root your heart into my presence. That's where our strength comes from. And I just so desire for our church to be full of people My prayer this morning in pre-worship was that this would be a haven, a place that feels restful, that you feel like you can breathe here, that you feel like no matter what your week's been like, that you can come here and feel like you're standing firm, and around other people, just picture a tree in the middle of a storm that just stands firm, that you can feel established as life throws you however many curveballs it throws you that week. So we're going to spend all fall talking about Different ways that we as followers of Jesus root ourselves in the presence of God. We're gonna spend the whole fall doing that, so I'm not gonna get into that today, um, ways to root ourselves. But I do believe that as we talk through these things, if, we'll, if we will listen to the Holy Spirit, step into these things, and we'll begin to experience a few things. I'm gonna name three of them. But the hope out of this series, there's, there's three of, of many, but one of the things I believe we'll experience as we root our lives into the presence of God is a strength that goes beyond our understanding. That as we root ourselves in God, that we will experience a strength that is beyond our understanding. I remember I was listening to this podcast that talked about how culture right now is is valuing happiness. Happiness is like the highest value. And just how shaky that is. (laughs) Because, like, hello, life's hard. Like, how was your 2019? Tell me the worst thing that's happened. You're going to tell me something pretty tough if I had to guess. Like, pretty hard. And that if our highest value was happiness, we'd feel shaken. (laughs) Like we wouldn't feel very strong very often because life's hard. We're not always happy. That's not promised in scripture. I think it's probably a bad idea to make that our number one goal in life is just to feel happy, right? But that as we root ourselves in God, in the presence of the Lord, that when winds come, when our happiness is shaken, maybe even removed for a season, that we will still find ourselves feeling strong, In the presence of God, a strength that surpasses understanding. Second Corinthians 12, nine says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. There's something I've noticed and it's kind of a dramatic example, but it's just something I've picked up on. Have you ever noticed that a lot of times when like someone who loves God gets really sick, they tend to be the strongest person in the room? Has anyone ever seen that? I saw that really clearly in my grandma. Had ovarian cancer for 11 years, got it when she was 57. She passed away 11 years later. And any room she was in, she was the one that was good. I don't know how that works. Because logic says, no, you're the weakest and we'll come pick you up. We'll come try to strengthen you as you're suffering. But she was strong. I got a friend right now that's at Vanderbilt in the hospital. He's stronger. I don't understand what's going on there. I'm like ready to come and counsel him. Man, hey, it's gonna be all right. Let me pray for you. It's gonna be, this is gonna pass. He's like, man, gosh, just has been moving. He's just been strong. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're in a hospital bed right now what's God doing? That's just my doubt, right? That's just like my logic going, no, 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 he's not. There is a strength in the presence of God that defies human logic, that surpasses understanding, that is actually available. I don't believe this guy is making something up. I believe the Spirit of God has rooted his heart that he sees truth better than I do. In those moments, I believe there's a strength that surpasses understanding, that when we root our lives in God, we begin to see life differently through a different lens, that we sense strength that we couldn't get on our own account, the presence of God. So as we root our lives in God, I believe that we'll receive a strength that's beyond understanding. A second thing I believe we'll begin to experience is just the benefit and the health of structure. That as we allow God to structure our lives to root our lives, to shape our lives, we'll begin to experience freedom. A lot of times, I think we just want freedom with no structure. And if you live in that mindset long enough, you begin to realize how aimless freedom for freedom's sake is. Like, just nothing tells me what to do. And where that actually gets you is really nowhere. It's like trying to do everything at once, you do nothing. Similar thought. I had this picture of like a bowling alley. And just picture all 20 lanes merged into one, but there's just one set of pins. How hard bowling would be. Versus if you have one lane with gutter bumpers, which anybody gutter bumper, you know what I'm saying? It's kinda of <laughs> nice, ain't it? Um, what you learn with gutter bumpers is that ball can go wherever it wants, and it's gonna hit the pins, no matter what. Uh, Dave was telling me a story about how when his kids play in the front yard, there's no fence, and so there's all these like, nope, nope, you can't go there, nope, you can't go there, and they're like frozen, but when they go in the backyard where there's a fence, they're just, it's like there's no rules, right? Because they've got these parameters. Say, no, stay here, and then they can, they're just free to play. And believe that as we root our lives in God, as we allow him to structure our lives, to shape our lives, to protect us, to instruct us, that that is when we'll find freedom. That structure is what actually like breeds this like holy spontaneity. That God will free us as we trust his ways, as the way he structures our lives. Does that make sense? I don't, did that make sense? Any questions there? I don't know if that made sense or not. You feel it at all? Don't interrupt me. That's cool. I'd, I'd be cool with that. Um, thirdly, As we root ourselves in the Lord, um, man, we'll find that he is our sustenance, which is kind of a weird word. I didn't wanna use it, but I couldn't think of a different one, and they all started with S. But when I was on my YouTube endeavor looking at root systems, I learned that um, roots are what provide water and nutrients to the leaves, right? The roots are the main carriers. I'm sure you all already knew that, and maybe on some level I already knew that, but when I heard it, it felt like an epiphany. But when I learned that, that, that roots feed the leaves, so like when I look at a tree and go, that's a beautiful tree, when I look at a flower and go, that's a beautiful flower, I'm seeing what's on the surface, right, the attractive part, but the reality is it probably reflects a healthy root system, what's going on beneath the surface, and it's so easy in our culture to get honed in on the surface level things, oh, I want to be happy, I want to be forgiving, I want to be in peace, I want to appear like certain things but it's when we let God get to our heart and root our heart that all those things will happen. The above the surface will take care of itself. We don't have to hone in on that super hard. When God has our heart, he will take care of what's up here. So before we get concerned with the fruit, let God get to the root. Yeah, yeah, pretty terrible. Let's make a t-shirt, sell it to just us. Um, All right, so that as we let God Like work on the roots of our hearts. He will take care of the fruit. He will take care of the things that are on display. But it's going to take us allowing Him and trusting Him with the roots of our heart, the deep things in our heart. And that's what we're going to spend our whole fall on. Is going, God, will You root us? Give us strength beyond. uh, beyond, Oh, nice timing. Uh, Give us strength beyond all understanding. Will You root us In in a hurried world where a lot's moving, a lot's going on? Will You establish Your people? May this church be firmly established in the presence of God. And as we do this, there's two words that I'd love for you to write down if you don't take notes. There's two words that I think applies to just life with God, but it'll really apply in this series. And those two words are grace and grit. Grace and grit. I think it's so important that we walk with a healthy understanding of both of these things. One, that as we try to grow deeper in the Lord and we walk together, it's so important that we remember the grace of God. I was having a conversation this week about someone who is following Jesus and he kept referring to himself as a sinner and it he went, hey, I know you sin. I understand that, you're, that that's our situation, that we, sometimes we don't walk in the light. But I just wanna remind you that in Jesus, your primary, like your identity is a saint all day long, that his grace is overly sufficient. <laughs> like, and your sin tomorrow, covered. You're going to have to confess, repent. I'm not neglecting all of that. Covered. You're a son. You're a daughter. The grace of God is sufficient. And so as we seek to be rooted, life is hard. We're not unaffected by circumstances. We're not perfect. Jesus is, and his perfection has been handed over to us. And so as we go through this series, if it comes October and you don't feel very firmly established, grace, it's a lifelong endeavor to seek to be rooted in the presence of God. But then secondly, this word grit, we need a little bit of this in our culture, I think. Some just like, oh, you know, some strength. Understanding that just because something's free, like the grace of God, doesn't mean our effort isn't required. When God told Noah, I'm gonna flood the earth, build a boat, Noah knew a few things. Whoa, God has deemed me worthy of an amazing thing, He's given me insight into the future and he's given me a plan on how to stay safe. If he sat with that and did nothing, the ending, right, wouldn't have been great. The flood would have came and he wouldn't have had a boat for himself, right? It's like when God promises something, it's on us to take him up on the promise. God will firmly root us. We step into that. Noah had to build the boat. The Israelites were promised the promised land and they had to go take it for themselves. And God delivered the promise, but their participation was necessary. And for us to know, God will root us. He will. He will firmly establish us in his presence. We will have a peace that surpasses understanding, a strength that cannot possibly come from human from us, from ourselves. But it will come as we participate. As we kind of like ow as we kind of, I hit my elbow, as we kind of grit our teeth and and step into the ways of God, as the ways of the world try to come and rob us. So if you think about the seed getting thrown on different types of soils, as thorns try to come in and choke us out of the truth that God's given us, we grit our teeth, we fight back. We swing back with the Lord. And as we kind of have some spiritual grit in our life and accept the grace that's been given to us in Jesus, we'll be a people that's firmly established in our culture. So I want to give you an assignment for this week. Yeah, it's an assignment. So if, you, if you're willing to take it, it's um, not a pass fail, just if you want to. But this week, spend an hour with the Lord and simply ask this question, where do I get my strength from? Where do I get my strength from? Write that question down. And sometime this week, really reflect, slow down and just ask the Lord, like search my heart. Where am I actually getting my strength from? I want it to come from you on some level. I'd like for it to be rooted in your presence, but where do I actually find it from? And then throughout the fall, God, will you help me begin to root my heart in your presence? Or if I already follow you, help me to go deeper with you. Will you lead me in that journey? Yeah, that's what I have for you. So rooted, we're gonna spend the whole semester going, Lord, will you help us be rooted in your presence? And we're gonna talk through it many ways that 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 happens. Um, We're gonna go get communion, and um, I'm gonna invite us to to circle up chairs and talk to one another and simply answer the question, what did you hear God saying this morning? And just simply share that and then pray together. So just simple question, what was the Holy Spirit saying? What were you hearing God say to you this morning? What stuck out to you this morning? And then just pray for each other and take communion together. Does that make sense? So uh, a few ground rules on what this can look like. We'll circle up chairs into groups of three to five. Um, Don't go more than five because then not everyone gets to share and you know, just how it works. Um, Secondly, if you don't wanna do this, you never have to. If you're new here and this is weird, that's totally okay. You can just stay seated. um, Grab communion, take it on your own. That's totally okay. Um, And then third, as people share, the appropriate response is just thank you. Thanks for sharing. Um, If you feel the need, the desire to like preach to someone who's just shared something, maybe hold back Maybe take them to lunch, be their friend a little bit before you go that route. It can be kind of intrusive. So just say thanks for sharing. This is a vulnerable spot. So um, what was the Holy Spirit saying to you? So um, I'm going to invite us to stand together. We're going to go grab communion. Is that the right order? Should we? Yeah, we can do it that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So stand together. You can exit towards the middle. You can go grab communion on the tables and then circle up your chairs into groups of three to five. Share with one another. What was the Holy Spirit saying? Like, what were you hearing this morning? What was on your heart? Pray together and take communion together.